Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the simplified prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. The well-respected man about town, doing the best thing so conservatively. This is Money with Joe Bowen. Now here's your host, Peter Shad. It's March. And it's the cusp of spring break, at least in your household. Is that true, Joe? Yeah, we started spring break yesterday. It's different uh, in different regions and districts around, but mm-hmm. what an exciting time. A couple of weeks for the kids to just kick back, and if you're uh, the parents of really young kids, you don't have to take them to school for two weeks, so you get to sleep in, which is wonderful. I think it's stupid. Well, there you go. Why? Why? (laughs) Let me know. I know you're trying to get a nice flow going to open the day here, but uh, two weeks is too much. They don't need two weeks off. They should have coupled it with with, um, Easter break. That's already a four-day weekend. They might as well have extended one of those weeks. And why not get school out a week earlier at the end of the year? These poor kids get stuck till the end of June in their school. Why not let them out in the middle of June? give them that extra week then instead of two whole weeks right two months after christmas christmas just happened i think it's stupid yeah no uh, i think you have some valid points there now if we were the finnish school system because i just watched uh, the new michael moore movie which was sensational it was wonderful it wasn't as in your face as michael moore movies can be yeah but the finnish school system um for which some of these uh ib programs are, are now based on no homework and no instruction for the purpose of passing a standardized test. It's a system that revolves around a child's curiosity, play, let them go and play, and if they climb a tree during recess and they find a bug, they'll be inquisitive and ask about that bug, at which point you teach them about that bug. Hmm. And uh, Finland is so far ahead of North American schooling, it is, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, it's, it's alarming how far ahead their students are mm-hmm. when it comes to you know, whatever measurables they use. Great movie, I have to recommend it if you haven't um, seen a movie and you're looking for something a little bit uh, delicious to watch, because it is. He takes, uh, he takes you on a little tour around Europe and other countries, Tunisia for example, and talks about the best things about those countries. One of them is the two-hour lunch break that all Italian factory workers get, and they're eight <laughs> weeks of holiday a year, which makes yeah. them happier and just uh, more inclined to be pleasant at work, and they're included in the work process. In France, kids are, I don't want to give the whole movie away, but kids are given this unbelievable standardized lunch every day, water, four courses, including a cheese plate at the end, Mm -hmm. and they learn how to appreciate food as part of their education. Yeah, no, I appreciate the food aspect of the Italy side, uh, lunch is the most important meal of the day in Italy, or the the, the best meal of the day. Uh, but me, I got to tell you, like when I go, for instance, like I don't work in an office where I work for somebody. I don't work for anyone. I don't have a boss. I'm my own boss. My clients are my boss. Uh, I generally don't really take a lunch break. Uh, but I, uh, if I go to a conference and they have a morning break and then they have a lunch break and then they have an afternoon break and there's all these sessions after the afternoon break and the afternoon breaks at 2.15, I'm just sitting there going, look, nobody smokes anymore. The two people who do smoke, that's their friggin' problem. We shouldn't all have this 15-minute break at 2.15 holding us all up from the last session so we're all going to end up in the worst part of the rush hour. Let's get this day over with. And if I was working in Italy, I had a two-hour lunch break, half an hour in when I'm finally finished eating my lunch and had a little relaxation time with my my co-workers 
I'd be like, can we just go back and get this day over with so we can all go home at 3.30 instead of 5 or 5 instead of 6.30? I, I, I'm not a fan. No. Well, it is, uh, it's a, a huge tradition to actually then go home and have lunch. Everybody goes home. Nobody stays in the workplace. There's no vending mm-hmm. machines there. Uh, interesting movie. I also watched another one while I was uh, in Portland last week, The Big Short. Yeah. We just don't learn as humans, do we? And uh, reading the news this week, it turns out that our friends in China have printed more money over this last couple of months than they did after the 08 crisis. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, housing prices in China's biggest cities have increased by 50% over mm-hmm. the last little while. Mm-hmm. And to me, there is another giant red flag that should be thrown in the air, which we will all ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the China uh, issue right now is a very sore point for me, uh, very upsetting for me. I'm not a fan of what's going on. I'm not a fan of the Chinese political system, the severe corruption, their historical uh, track record on human rights, and the fact that all the countries of the world just sold out and rolled over because they saw the dollar signs on doing business with China. And now look where it's gotten us. It's destroying the world. It's made economies so fragile and subject to the movement of China right now. Uh, Not that America wasn't getting themselves into a deep enough hole already, and same with the rest of the world, but still, uh, it's become an Achilles heel for the world. And, uh, And look what's happened to Vancouver. Normal people can't afford a home. People who don't have a phone home can't afford a home. Our kids will never be able to afford a home. And uh, because not because people are moving here and because of immigration and because the city is growing in a beautiful way by people who want to come and participate in our culture and our country. Oh, by the way, we don't have a culture, apparently. We're not allowed to. Uh, but it's because a bunch of, of multi-millionaire and billionaire investors are sneaking their money out of China, sneaking it into Canada, buying a bunch of real estate here, and then leaving it empty. And, uh, and you know, we just, I said it last week, we just can't give this country away fast enough, can we? Mm, yeah. You've hit the nail on the head, and I don't think you're the only one listening right now who feels that way. As we welcome you to the 5th of March edition of Money with Joe Bowen, our very first show of March. Joe's from Hollis Wealth at 604-603-2336, independent advisor, able to participate in the open market. That means getting you the very best of the best available in uh, investing products and services, insurance products and services, but... Joe's all about holistic advice, which we do not get. And a great example coming up in one of the stories we'll talk about today, about being abandoned by your big institution. We'll also talk about uh, what to do with inherited assets if you are in uh, a situation where you're married and maybe in a second marriage. Do you co-mingle those assets? Do you keep them separate? Some advice from Joe on that. And, uh, and unfortunately, one of the things that brings a lot of people to Joe's door is the passing of a spouse. And now, for the first time in the surviving spouse's life, they have to deal with money and manage it and do things with it, and that could be a daunting task. So we'll talk about uh, what to do when, in fact, that either insurance check lands in your lap or you have to sell a home because you are now widowed. A lot of considerations to think about. Joe's here, and we will be back in just a moment. Again, his telephone number is 604-603-2336. And if you want to look at Joe's picture on the web to figure out what he looks like, sans beard. You haven't updated that picture in a while. Yeah. Joe Bowen, B-O-W-E-N dot C-A. 
Talk to Joe Bowen about Guaranteed Income for Life at 604-603-2336. The well-respected man about town Doing the best thing so conservatively You're listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. Saturday evening is here. We are really thrilled that you're with us. Money with Joe Bowen on CKNW News Talk 980. We've discussed earlier in uh, our past episodes about eBay and how, mm-hmm. boy, it can be really addictive sometimes mm-hmm. sitting there and finding collectibles from your uh, past. Find or... 1977 Star Wars lunchbox. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you don't know what we're talking about then. Uh, <laughs> but there is a little hidden cost to eBay, and that's the shipping cost. And we tend to not look at that little small number underneath the sale price that you're looking at and that you think you're paying for. And especially with the exchange rate, it can be really quite breathtaking. Um and that can happen in shipping in general, too, can it? If you're not careful, if you don't read the fine print, if you don't uh, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest thing is uh, scammers who are selling things on eBay not to make a profit, to make money off the shipping, not off the item. There's a ton of that going on out there. So you think, oh, my goodness, look at that. I can get that item for 99 cents. That is fantastic, and shipping's 12 bucks. Hmm. Well, it was worth 12 bucks anyway to me, so I don't mind paying that $12 shipping. Well, the person paid 3 to send it to you, and they made 9 right? Yeah. That item never would have been sold on eBay for 12 So there's that problem. But here's a bigger problem. I um, sometimes shop at marine stores around Vancouver to buy things for my boat, um, accessories and whatnot. And uh, I have a little Walker Bay rowboat with a sail kit over at my cabin on Keats and, you know, teaching the boys sailing and stuff. I, I love the little thing. And I needed a couple of parts for it. So I went and I, I looked on the, the site of my favorite marine store in Vancouver, um, not Steveston, the other one. And uh, I, I, I like walking into a place and getting service. That's why I chose the other one. Uh, anyway, so I, uh, I saw that they didn't have this one particular part here in Canada and they were no longer carrying it in Canada. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, I'll order it from their website. So I went on their website. I typed the name of their com- company and the word Canada got on what I thought, you know, is this is their Canadian site. So anyway, I find the two parts I need. I order the parts, find out they're coming from the States. In the States, they took my order and they broke it into two pieces. They shipped one of the parts first and the other one was on delay. Now, they just started a relationship with UPS not long ago. My part comes to my front door, for which I paid $39. It comes to the front door and the UPS guy wants $35, not for shipping. That was already paid for when I made the order. I didn't mind. I knew what I was getting into when I paid for shipping. No, no, this was there. And it wasn't duties either. There were no duties or duty taxes. This was their brokerage fee. Oh, uh, that's $27 plus tax, a $35 brokerage fee for a $39 item. You got some nerve. Like, I, there's all sorts of expletives I could throw in here right now about the company. I am so angry. And I've been warned by a friend of mine about them doing this. Of all the shipping companies that they do this, they're the worst for this. Anyway, now I have the other item still not to me. I just found out it just got shipped yesterday. Guess what? That item is only worth 22 
and they told me that what I got charged on the $39 item is everything over 20 bucks. That's the minimum charge. So now my $22 item will have a $35 quote unquote. I'm putting my little fingers up like rabbit ears here because they're calling it a brokerage fee. It's just another like cell phones used to have. Remember that, uh, what was that called? That service charge of $6.50 a month or whatever they used to just tack on your bill. What does service charge even mean? Right. And uh, anyway, so this made me sick. This is the parasitic environment of large corporate America right here, uh, well at, at work, uh, and, and it just make. And when I see that in a company, I boycott them. Just like any company that advertises on a billboard in Vancouver, where billboards are banned on the North Shore, you're not allowed to have billboards. All of a sudden, all these big, overly bright, fifty billion looms, uh, lumens, or whatever you call it, billboards along our highways and streets in North Van, and now you can't put them up on public property, only on one particular kind of property. Uh, and they—it's just a big middle finger to all of us in the North Shore who made these rules because we don't want the North Shore to look that disgusting. Anybody who advertises on those billboards, I boycott. I will not do business with them ever again because they joined into something like that. Mm. Well, here's another one, too. While we have the bazookas out and we have the crosshairs clearly in sight, this was the week that the big Canadian cable companies were supposed to introduce a la carte service. (laughs) Oh, finally, away from the Mm -hmm. bundling and all the channels that you don't really want so you can get the ones you can, but you're going to get those other ones anyway. Mm -hmm. So I went on my particular site, one of the worst cable companies in all of Canada, absolutely deplorable in every regard, bad service, service breaking down, Etc. Etc. Well, lo and behold, you can get a twenty-five dollar basic package with whatever local news channels that you want, and then a couple of American ones. And then, if you want to add the ones you really want, they absolutely bend you over for sports, which is mm-hmm. one of the ones I would get because I have to. And then there's all the specialty channels. So if you added it up, you're actually going to end up paying more than you do now with the bundling. If, oh yeah, by design. If we were more like Europeans. Because they protest everything over there, and they get results by Mm -hmm. doing it. If we were to say, let's have cancel cable day Mm -hmm. in Canada. Let's cancel cable day. And everybody, um, even a percentage of everybody, would make a phone call and say we're canceling, period, just ending it. What would happen? And and I ask that because we are getting absolutely screwed by this. And in a perfect world, you choose only the channels you want, and those are the only ones that show up on your guide. Yeah, only the strong survive. Right. You know, they, I think part of the fear, and one of the things that we'll always have is the Canadian channels, because somebody has to give Brent Butts his stupid corner gas show with some audience <laughs> that would otherwise not exist, or Red Green show, something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm with you, Peter. All this stuff. You know what? This is the death rattle of the cable industries. Do you remember in the 1990s? When there was advertising everywhere about long-distance packages and long-distance services and long-distance bundles, that was the death rattle of long-distance. Because when we were kids in the 70s, <laughs> in the front of your phone book, there used to be a price guide for long-distance. And China was like $35 a minute. And you know, yeah, yeah. all the different countries and all the different places had their prices, and they were very expensive. Well, once long-distance came to a point where it wasn't going to exist anymore, people were going to use the internet to talk to people far away and all these things. They just advertised the hell out of it in the 90s. And I knew, I said to everyone, that's the death rattle of long distance. It will be dead soon or worthless as an industry. Sure enough, it came soon after. And I think that's what's going on here with cable. 
Let's talk about uh, money now. I've got a lot of things off our chest there. It feels a lot better heading into spring oh, I break I so much more to oh, yeah. say, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have our uh, soapbox episode another time. Uh, uh, very quickly here. Well, no, this is not a... Uh, this is not a quick subject, so we'll have to spread it over a couple of segments here. But how many times do you have a client? Well, actually, this plays into the same theme. How many times do you have a client coming into you and say, "I just feel abandoned by the big institution where I do a lot of my yeah. day-to-day business"? And what do you do? What's the solution? How do you deal with that? And give us an example if you can. Well, it's the biggest complaint I receive. Uh, it's also something I vocalize a lot uh, as my concern for the, pu- the investing public. Uh, a lot of regulations have been imposed upon my industry, some for the good of the public, most for the good of the public. I mean, honestly, this is all about making sure that the investor is taken care of because, you know, there's Bernie Madoffs out there. There are people who will take advantage of people. So that's all good. The regulations should be stricter. As a matter of fact, I think there's still many that aren't strict enough. But the ones that are imposed on us aren't generally imposed on the other big institutions, the ones where maybe you do your deposits and things like that. I'm not allowed to say the name of those institutions, apparently. Uh, that's been pushed on me to not say that. <laughs> but uh, I think we all know what I'm talking about. But their rules are very light. Ours are strict, and they get stricter and stricter and stricter. And those who push for the rules on us are often the people that are executives from those institutions. Quite ironic. They're trying to crush our industry. Sure. Anyway, so clients, you know, some people, as a matter of convenience, they are what I call captive clients. They're already there. They already do the deposits. They already have a mortgage. They have a relationship they've had for 40 years, if you can call it a relationship. In the old days, it was one. You knew the manager. They knew you. They knew your kids. They knew your farm. They knew your family by reputation. And they'd give you a loan on a handshake. Well, now it's all done by computers. Don't for a minute think anyone's done you a favor when they approve a loan at an institution for you anymore because they aren't making that decision even if they try to make you think they are. But you're there already and you think, you know what? I do everything else with them and I'll do my investing there too. And so you start putting your RSPs there and your tax-free savings account there because they advertise it so well every year. And all of a sudden, you are spread amongst a bunch of their own products, their own in-house, bottom-of-the-barrel or second-rate products. And... That means that they did not give you objective advice and think about your best interest and shop the market for you. They just stuck you into the garbage they have. Then there's the issue of the person who you have the relationship with there. That can be a problem in itself. I'll explain why after our break. Joe Bowen is here from Hollis Wealth, 604-603-2336. Independent, slightly oppressed, angry as heck today. We're heading into spring break, Joe, but uh, oh, it's been magic so far. You've got a lot of things uh, worked out here. It's great. Uh, if you're interested in just having better quality all around and having somebody work individually with you for the long haul, for the big picture, 604-603-2336 or joebowen, B-O-W-E-N dot C-A. Talk to Joe Bowen about guaranteed income for life at 604-603-2336. You're listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. We were talking earlier about clients that come to Joe because they feel like they've been put in second-rate in-house products, which don't benefit them. It benefits the institutions for where these products are created. But that's not the other problem about having a fence put around you. When you go to your big institution, you have your mortgage, you have your line of credit, you have your investments, you have all your things there. 
It's it's the human to human service that you're not getting the objective advice that you're not getting because everybody's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's that, and that's my point. Uh, if you go in there and they assign some kid to you, because generally it is a kid, um, someone who, remember, they were taking your deposits last week. You, may, you remember a couple of years ago when they started working there because they graduated from high school, and this person is now giving you lifelong investment advice. You're seeking their wisdom and experience. and uh, so. But even if they're older, it doesn't matter. The fact is, the story I hear most is I had... John taking care of my money, went and saw John for a couple of years. Next thing you know, John got moved to another branch. John got a different job. John got promoted and he moved upstairs and I don't qualify to be John's client anymore. Then Suzanne took over my account and Suzanne within three months left the institution and now I'm with Dave and I don't like Dave. I don't like Dave at all. As a matter of fact, I didn't like John and Susan all that much either, or Suzanne that much either. Uh, but at least I thought I had someone I'd be with for a long time when I had John, but here I am with my third person in as many years. Uh, what do I do? And that is, I mean, that's a bigger complaint than the investments because often people don't know what they don't know. They don't realize that what they have is second rate because it hasn't been compared to every, anything else, uh, or at least not objectively compared to anything else. Uh, so when someone comes to me with those complaints, I'm only too happy to show them uh, what else is out there, which is another 9,500 investments to choose from. And, uh, and I, when I become a client's advisor, I'm their advisor for life. I don't plan on retiring young. My grandfather worked till he was 89 and he only stopped two weeks before he passed away because his throat cancer got so bad he couldn't go to work anymore. Uh, my uh, stepfather uh, is working still and he's 80 years old and he's still going. And those are the influences uh, before me and I enjoy very much what I do and it's a very easy business to do in retirement. So many of my clients are 20 or 30 years older than me. If I'm doing this when I'm 75, they're going to be 95 or 105 years old and, and I'll still be there helping them. And, you know, I'll come through the door uh, uh, still hopefully healthy and spry and, and they'll be happy to see that their advisor is still alive and well. Well, and ama- the amazing thing is, and, and the, the very situation you talked about just then about uh, people moving on and moving up, you're happy for them. Good, good for them. But I met a guy at uh, a local institution who I absolutely adored. We hit it off right away. He was open and honest with me. Yep. And, and because I have a little bit of background working with you, yeah. I was able to throw some big holes in some of his theories yeah. about in-house product, et cetera, et cetera. And he smiled and he winked and he acknowledged, okay, you know more than the average person walking in here. Well, he leaves. The worst thing is the next person that comes in, you're starting all over again. Yep, telling the whole, whole life story. story starts all Well, they don't over. want to hear your whole life story. They only want to hear a little bit of it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you still have to tell it all again. Well, and the advantage of, the funny thing is when you came into my life was when all the big things started happening. Uh, fiance, you know, marriage, children, yep. Yep. home, you know, uh, all these the promotions, new jobs. Oh, yeah. And, I've been there to see it all. And, yeah. and, but but when those things happen, you know that there's also going to have to be a consequence or a change or some kind mm. of perhaps f- philosophical change in how you plan your life, too. Right. So you don't have to tell the story over and over and over again. And this is why every single person on this planet, and particularly in this country, deserves an independent advisor to work with them for the long term. Yeah. And some people want hands-on and a lot of advice and a lot of guidance and a lot of maintenance. Some people don't want any. 
And the advantage of your business is you can be whoever they need you to be. A lot of people just come and say, look, I don't need all those other things you talk about. I just want you to manage my investments. I, I want you to be there always with me. I want to get it out of this other person, this other man, this other woman, this other institution. We're going to talk about an issue that really is taking hold right now with the value of property and, and a lot of people looking at this equity suddenly and saying, can I tap into this because I'm making a decent wage, my house is all of a sudden worth twice as what it used to be. I'm going to dip into that and, and hop into the equity access in my home. Dangers? Advice? Huge dangers and much advice. Yeah, I, um, here's the thing. If you are tapping into the equity of your home to survive, to pay your bills, to fund your retirement, that's telling you something, or it should be, that you probably can't afford the home anymore, and perhaps it might be time to size down and move on. Now, some people will stay anyway because their house is worth two and a half million dollars and uh, they've been in it for 50 years and maybe they're doing this because they have to to hold on to the house. Uh, but generally, if a house is just a house, I don't care how long you've been there, uh, if you don't have a severe emotional attachment to it, you got to think rationally, right? Um, and I often take things from the other side. I reverse the whole situation and ask you a question from behind where you never thought to look. Uh, and I'll explain how I do that. Joe Bowen, B-O-W-E-N.ca is Joe's website. Joe's from Hollis Wealth, ready to work with you individually for the long term. And getting to know Joe is as simple as a telephone call, 604-603-2336, 604-603-2336. Meet, talk about why you're meeting, and then start what is hopefully a lifelong relationship. The back end of tapping into the equity in your home Inherited assets. Do you co-mingle? And we'll also talk about the life of widowing for the first time, which is difficult for many people, obviously. That's all straight ahead. Money with Joe Bowen, CKNW, News Talk 980. To speak with Joe Bowen in person, call 604-603-2336 or visit joebowen.ca. Money with Joe Bowen, sponsored in part by Manulife Investments. The well-respected man about town. You're listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. Belated happy birthday to your daughter, Sarah. I was astounded to hear that she's crossed over into the two zero digits. Yeah. God, time just, you know. When we first met, she was singing a Christmas carol to us in 07. She was just a 13-year-old and... No, it's more she was, younger she than wasn't, that. She was 11. She was 11 years yeah. old. Now, I, Sarah, who I've, I've met a couple of times, does not strike me as the kind of gal who at this very moment is hopping on a plane to go to Florida for no. spring break. No. <laughs> She's not that kind of girl at all. Sarah's drank once in her life. She, on her 19th birthday, she went to paintball with her friends. She didn't go to the bar. I went to the bar. <laughs> I went to the bar for my 18th. Don't tell anyone that I had someone else's ID. No, uh, no but she uh, she is just a really good kid. Both my kids are. I'm very proud of them. But 20. 20. I know. No, I think know. of that. That I mean, is just, shocking. You know, and, and I notice how fast time is going by because my best one of my best friends, he owns a lumber mill in the Fraser Valley. And, and uh, I used to send him an email every Friday. 
Every well, I still do. Every Friday morning, I send him a, or a text, and I say it's Friday again. It's Friday again. It's Friday again. And sometimes he thinks, "Oh my gosh, didn't you just send that an hour ago?" Well, no, that was last week, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Trying to show him that it feels like time in the universe is accelerating. Well, it's actually the older you get, the faster time seems to go. It's all a matter of perception. But um, so now I've reduced it to just putting thump thump in the in the text, like it's the beat of a heart. It's happened so often. It's just thump 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 thump. Them, them, those Fridays tick by. So you can't take them for granted. That's for sure. We were talking about uh, the tapping of equity into your home, and uh, you were th- saying that you know if you can't afford it, if you're using that money to live, maybe it's time to think about sizing down or, or not living in that home. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'll put it in perspective sometimes. Like everything has to be put in perspective for a person, for them to see their own circumstance objectively, because you're almost always too close to the problem when it's your problem. And uh, so here you are, you're retired, you have a two and a half million dollar house, and say you still have a half million dollar debt on that house. Uh, d- does this make a lot of sense to you? Uh, and and you say, well, you know, I am paying the debt, and I took that money, I bought it, and I invested it because my bank told me I should do, or my institution told me I should do that. Big mistake, by the way. Don't borrow to invest. Uh, maybe at one time, some very conservative version of that made sense through insurance companies, but it doesn't anymore. I just think it's stupid and risky. Anyway, uh, so there you are. What do you think, Joe? What do you think of my situation? And uh, a dishonest advisor would say, hey, that's great. I love what they did for you, but we should change your investments, bring it all over to me, and I'll manage your $500,000. Uh, but I don't say that. I tell people honestly how I feel about leverage, and I, and I encourage them to very seriously consider whether they should be leveraged or not. And uh, recently I did that for somebody, and she was upset a week later because the market went up for a couple of days. I mean, you know, you, there's no winning sometimes. But, but you got to think about this. I say to a person, look, if you were retired right now, or if you not just were retired, if you didn't own that home, you owned another home, and it's worth uh, $1.5 million, and you have no debt, and you have $500,000 in your investment account with zero debt, a $1.5 million house, and you were living the high life, no concerns, no worries about interest rates, no worries really much in any way, uh, would you, if I said to you, hey, you know what you should do? You should sell that house, take the cash, sell your investments, take that cash too, go to the bank, borrow another half million dollars and take all of that and let's go buy another house and put you in debt again. What do you think about that idea? (laughs) You'd look at me, you'd shake your head, roll your eyes and walk out the door and tell all your friends how stupid this guy is and the advice he was given. That's what you've done to yourself. And that's what looking at it from the other side is all about. And I do that for everyone so that you can see it for what it really is. This is really important. I didn't know this until I met you. (laughs) And that's about inherited assets and whether you should co-mingle or keep separate. In particular, and boy, how often does this happen now, when you have second marriage situations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the big thing with second marriages is that you have children, each of you, maybe, from a previous marriage. Uh, And when each of you has your own children, um, you think about this. Your parents, let's say it's you we're talking about here, your parents may have a whole bunch of money that they're going to leave to you And if anything ever happened to you, they'd want it to go to your kids. Maybe they'd want some to go to your spouse because they love him or her too. But they might want it to go to your kids if anything were to happen to you. So when you inherit that money, if you take that money and co-mingle it with the family assets, 
so that your spouse is dependent on it too, and you're paying off mortgages and buying sailboats and doing all this stuff with that money and putting it in the joint bank account, and you're both living off the money, and there's an expectation over time that that's the family's money. Uh, now it's the family's money, period. And if anything happens to the two of you and you go out for dinner one night and neither of you comes home, that money will be split equally amongst all the kids on both sides. Um, maybe that's what you want. Maybe it's not what you want. But you have to seriously consider these issues when you inherit money or when you're gifted money from your parents. Uh, the same thing goes uh, if you um, inherit that money and you have to, like if you, not the same thing goes, sorry, bad wording, but you take that money, you inherit it, you keep it in a separate bank account in your own name. So it's completely segregated from the family assets. You never put any of your other money in that account either. You keep it so that it's never dirtied, never sullied, never soiled that account. It's always very clearly identified as the money I inherited. And that account, uh, now you can say, if you listen to good advice, you might invest through an insurance company where you can name your children as specific beneficiaries to that mm. money. And you have notes written and make sure everything is documented well so that your wishes are honored. And maybe you want half of it to go to your spouse or your spouse and his or her children. But at least you have the power that way. You lose all of that power once it becomes family assets. Now, if you have an independent advisor who's been with you for the long haul, they will know that you've received an inheritance because yeah. they'll know your family situation. Yeah. So you'll be able to get that advice right away. You'd hope. And, and you'll be able to get, yes, you'd hope, and you'll be able to get it set up the proper way right away. Uh, again, another advantage of having somebody who's not affiliated and not betrothed to a company, not a captive agent, but somebody who is an independent, honest broker like... Joe Bowen, for example, 604-603-2336, 604-603-2336, or Joe Bowen, B-O-W-E-N.ca. We'll wrap up the show with the issue of being widowed next. Joe Bowen with Hollis Wealth at 604-603-2336 or joebowen.ca. Listening to Money with Joe Bowen. Once again, here is Peter Shad. Of all the sad reasons for somebody to have to visit Joe for the first time, it is when someone becomes widowed. And there are lots of great reasons why people meet Joe. Oh, I just got married, just had a baby, mm-hmm. or I'm in a starting of a relationship, or somebody's referred me. Um, but when it's somebody who has never and this is not always the case because you know things change, and this could be for a man or a woman. When somebody comes for the first time and says, I've got a lump sum in my hands because my spouse is gone, which is so sad, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I've never ever had to handle this kind of money before. I need somebody to make sure I don't mess this all up because this is me now for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I get a lot of uh, inherited asset um, calls. Uh, mostly it's from parents, and that's the way of the world, and that's acceptable, and it is what it is. But, um, you know, when someone's spouse passes away, especially at a moderate age as opposed to being 102, um, it's tough. And, uh, and, and, you know, the, the proceeds of a, say a life insurance policy, um, are not easy to accept financially. Um, it's the money is just, maybe you don't think about it. You don't care about it. You don't even want to think about it. You don't want to make the claim. It just feels like you're realizing the situation even more when you do. Uh, but eventually, you know, you have to do these things. And, and, uh, one gentleman I met with, uh, well, it was some time ago now, but um, 
he his wife passed away too far too young and and they had a half million dollar joint life insurance policy and and he received his five hundred thousand dollar life insurance claim and uh, tax free of course and uh, he called me and he said look I think I better invest this money I've got to I've got to move on here I got to get on with my life I don't have my wife's revenue anymore from her working I have the kids to take care of they're getting older now but still I have a lot of bills to pay. Um, I need to get this money working for me, and uh, I want to invest the money. Now, um, as it always is, and as I say quite often, uh, you you got to watch who you go to with this type of information and ask for so-called objective advice, because generally someone who stands to gain from your um, uh, inheritance or insurance proceeds is going to give you whatever advice pays them the most. Now, if you have a mortgage, which he did, uh, $300,000 of debt between a mortgage and a car loan, all with his institution, if he walked in there, like that money dropped into his account and they started phoning him right away. Now, they knew his wife passed away. Uh, pretty cold. You know, they started calling him right away and started asking about the money, what he wants to do with it. And, uh, and he went to them and asked them what they thought about the money. They were only too happy to tell him he should invest it because they earn off that $300,000 mortgage, which he still has at almost 3%, uh, almost $9,000 a year off that mortgage, uh, or it's almost 300,000. Anyway, it's, uh, you know, seven or eight or $9,000 and the car loan, they're earning a poop load of money off the car loan as well. Then they have this $500,000 and they give him advice on that and they stand to earn money off of that as well. So the advice you're going to get in that circumstance is first priority for that institution is to take care of themselves, their own good, and their own business plan. Uh, second is you. And don't kid yourself if you think anything else. I don't care how much you like the person there. They're great. I get it. There are good people everywhere. There's good people in the mafia business. But the problem is those people are, are, are directed by the corporation on how they are to behave, who they are to speak to, what they're allowed to sell to you, what their, their priorities are when they meet with you, um, and they have to follow that directive. Uh, so when I talked to him, I said, look, uh, you shouldn't invest the $500,000. You should take the three hundred grand or thereabouts, pay off your mortgage, pay off your car loan, pay off it all. And then he had $200,000 left in that sir in that scenario I proposed to him and I said you need a contingency fund you need an emergency fund if anything goes wrong because there aren't two working parents anymore you don't have a fault tolerance system anymore you need to create one so we created a contingency fund uh I just gave away the fact that he eventually became a client but anyway we created a contingency fund um then we invested the balance very conservatively for now we didn't commit to any big investment plan I said, look, let's not make any big decisions about this right now. You're still emotional, uh, you, but at least now you have no mortgage. The pressure is off. You know, you can go back, uh, get yourself back working, uh, help the kids, be there for your children. Uh, we'll worry about how we invest this money later, right? For now, let's just leave it conservative so you don't have to worry, and we'll make that decision later. And, um, and when things quiet down, we'll talk about more comprehensive planning and all that. So now it's off its plate. 
He can focus on his kid. He can focus on his kids. He can focus on his family. He can focus on uh, trying to get himself better and moving on, uh, and then we'll deal with the rest later. Getting that advice is, is a rare thing indeed, and if you get that kind of advice or if you've ever had his situation and you've received that kind of advice, well, congratulations. You have a darn good advisor in your corner. And hold on to them for dear, dear life. Absolutely. Joe Bowen is here. It's uh, our final segment, but we'll be back next week on the 12th in the middle of spring break. Joe's telephone number is 604-603-2336. That's 604-603-2336. If you're looking for somebody to help guide you for the long term, give you independent, objective advice, then visit the website too, joebowen, B-O-W-E-N dot C-A. And, uh, well, I think you're going to spend some of that uh, time on Keats Island, I'm guessing, right? I'm heading over there right after this in the dark. Don't eat too much Dungeness, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk to you next week. Let Joe Bowen help you prepare for your post-working years at 604-603-2336. This radio show was prepared by Joe Bowen, who is a registered mutual fund representative with Hollis Wealth Advisory Services, Inc., a subsidiary of the Bank of Nova Scotia. This radio show is not an official program of Hollis Wealth. The views, including any recommendations expressed during this show, are those of Joe Bowen alone and are not endorsed or approved by Hollis Wealth or the Bank of Nova Scotia. Hollis Wealth is a trade name of Hollis Wealth Advisory Services, Inc. and Hollis Wealth Insurance Agency Limited. Mutual fund products are provided by Hollis Wealth Advisory Services, Inc. Insurance products by Hollis Wealth are provided through Hollis Wealth Insurance Agency Limited. Trademark of the Bank of Nova Scotia, used under license.